0: and welcome to The French Way, the podcast about French-inspired wellness for healthy living and sustainable weight loss. I'm Karen Gombo, your French-American host and certified weight loss coach. So grab a coffee and a croissant and let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of The French Way. I am thrilled to have a guest today. And I'd like to introduce Karen Viesta from The Welligant Woman. And she's a Francophile, so we're going to have a lot of fun talking about France and about French lifestyle today. But before we dive in, Karen, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and who you work with?
1: Of course. Hello, everybody. As you said, I'm Karen Viesta. I have a website and a coaching business, Welligant Woman. I have a podcast, Uh, Welligant Woman, Redefining Midlife. And I am really a health and lifestyle coach for women over 40. I am in that demographic. And I suppose I came to this the way most people come to what they do, which was through my own struggles and, and challenges. And so I just, you know, having, you know, feeling like I kind of cracked the code for myself, I sort of became passionate about sharing this information with other women who might be in that perimenopause menopause stage and just struggling to feel good, both physically and emotionally. So that's kind of in a nutshell, what I do and who I work with.
0: Yeah. And and Karen and I have a lot of, I think a lot of in common when it comes to our points of view and how we want to help women and support women. So it's always, these conversations are always So lovely to connect with like-minded women. So I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of value in for the listeners today. I know that you love France. So tell me a little bit about your love affair with France.
1: I was trying to think of when I began to have this fascination with French, the French lifestyle and French culture and French women. I, I probably will trace it back to high school and it probably came from books. I love to read and, and, you know, I was definitely one of those, you know, sort of nerdy little high school girls who was combing the shelves in the bookstores all the time. And, and it just has always been to me representative of, you know, just a pleasure filled life. You know, I I think what, what has always resonated with me is just the, the focus on pleasure and, and particularly sensory pleasures, right? Like I feel like, you know, when I've been in Paris and when I experience that lifestyle, it's just you know it feel everything feels like a sensory experience. You know, there there you were talking in one of our previous conversations about your husband's focus on the presentation of the food on mm-hmm. the plate. You know that that kind of detail and that kind of attention to beauty and pleasure is really, I think, what has always drawn me to to the French lifestyle and the French culture. And then you know, I. I had the good fortune to meet my dearest friend, who is French. She was born and raised in France, and and moved here uh, when she met her husband as an exchange student. So she has lived here all of her adult life. And I always say I, I have never had a love at first sight experience except with my best friend. <laughs> we just, you know, instantly bonded over France, and and you know, just as she's she's amazing. And so I have been very fortunate to have this kind of like bird's eye view into French life and more and more over the years, and especially as I've had the opportunity to visit France a few times, you know it's it's just a place that I feel like it's you know the kind of place that I step off of the plane and my cortisol instantly <laughs> reduces. you know it's like a, it's like a shot of oxytocin and and just the best, most calming place. For me, I think the pace of life there seems very different from the pace of life here. So why is that?
0: For example, give us an example.
1: You know, I, I think the perfect example is, is maybe, you know, you and I have talked previously about shopping and about how, you know, in France, it's not unusual for people to shop every couple of days. You know, they, they, will buy ingredients that are super fresh. They buy what they need for the next few days and then they'll return to the markets. And and so that way they're always eating food that's very fresh. That sounds lovely, but I think so many people here have a lifestyle that doesn't really enable them to shop more than once a week. You know, they can only sort of squeeze it in once a week. I think that French people, from what I have seen, seem to really have better boundaries around work, you know, their work life and their home life. Again, when I say that I always return home from France with a little bit of wisdom, I think those are the things I have picked up. And those are the things that when I come home, you know, I've really tried to bring into my own life, you know, that that sense of boundaries and and that idea that everything right down to how I plate the food can be a pleasurable experience. You know, it's it's those little aspects of the culture that have been most impactful to me, you know, as somebody who's an outsider kind of visiting the country.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting because a lot of times because i live here and i'm in it it's we don't see that as much anymore so it's always interesting to to have that perspective of people who visit and i hadn't thought about the pace but you're mm. right i think it's a very good remark is i mean of course if we live in the city it's busy and everything but i think that there's a a time and a place for work and a time and a place for life and appreciating life and slowing down. So I'm not sure if that also feeds into pace, but I think that in terms of keeping things a little bit calmer and separate is, yeah, is yeah. I would say it's, I, yeah. I see that too.
1: And, and, and I love, you know, you and I have, have also talked about, you know, I just love kind of the, the paradigm around aging. Uh, as a woman in midlife who is living in a in a fairly youth obsessed culture, I really love the fact that French women embrace their age. They embrace every stage of this journey, uh, and they don't seem to feel the need to always look younger and dress younger and appear younger. You know, that it's 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 just, a real appreciation for the flow of life and the changes that that life brings and i think it's such a, a you know a sane way to live and it alleviates so much of the anxiety that we as women can feel when we're looking at a, you know when we're surrounded by a a standard of beauty that you know it seems to exclude us as older women as women in the second half of life
0: have you found a way to kind of also bring that into your work, in terms sure. of, in how you work with your clients, and and is it something that people and and the women have an easy time bringing into their life, or is it quite challenging?
1: Well, I think it's it's just it it requires a reframing of aging. You know, I think we have been brought up with the idea that you know when we're in our 20s and 30s we're building it's like we're ascending the mountain right we're we're you know growing ourselves our families we're achieving things professionally we're learning we're you know it's it's as if everything is building and then we suddenly hit 40 and there's this idea that after 40 we're sort of descending the mountain we're slowing down our world is shrinking somewhat Ah, uh, social circles tend to shrink, right? we it's it's this thing that we've been conditioned to believe about aging that i I think is so disempowering to women. And I think it's actually one of the things that creates a lot of the feelings of, you know, stuckness that women feel post forty. Uh, and I think that, you know, we can challenge those ideas and we can reframe them. And when we do, it makes it so much easier to a enjoy this time in our life to embrace the changes you know as as french women do and to really create an extraordinary second half of life and so a lot of what i talk about you know both on my podcast and in my coaching and in my programs is you know centers around reframing aging in a way that's more empowering i always say that i i don't really love the term aging gracefully it implies to me a certain resignation, like you know, well, I, I can't really control it, so I'll just do it gracefully. I'll just sort of, you know, accept it. I like the term aging powerfully because I think that implies much more of a sense of control and a sense of, you know, appreciation and a, a you know, a, a purposefulness about the second half of life that I think, you know, has been lacking for some women. So, yeah, I, I think I think the tides are turning, but that's kind of where I like to focus, you know a lot of a lot of my uh, conversations with women because I think that whether we're looking at health and wellness or whether we're looking at, you know, emotional fitness, I think every area of our life will benefit when we have that kind of a mindset going into the second half of our life.
0: I can only agree with you because which is also one of the reasons why I started coaching with the women of the same age group is because so many people felt that life was like over when they hit Mm -hmm. 40 or when they were going into perimenopause. And there's just so much that you can do in life. And we're hopefully living longer. And there's so many advantages, I think, of what you can do after 45 or 50 and i think that there are quite a few lessons i think of of what we can learn or best mm-hmm. practices from from here in france so it's interesting to hear you know yeah. your your perspective on that what are the three maybe things that you would recommend or do you recommend to your clients and listeners most often when it comes to making the second half of life as fabulous as they can
1: Probably the thing that i that I talk about the most that I recommend that women think about is this future version of yourself, mm-hmm. right? i'm I'm always talking about the future me. And I think you know if if we go on a trip, right, uh, if we have a long trip ahead of us, we wouldn't just start driving and wander around. You would have a sense of where you were headed. you know you would you would sort of set the GPS, so to speak. And I think that when we're approaching the second half of our life, rather than just thinking of it as this big black hole or just meandering along and being sort of swept up by life, I think it's really empowering to have a real sense of who you want to be 10 years or 20 years or 30 years down the road. And for me, you know, when I was going through my kind of midlife transition, midlife reinvention, at my most difficult times in my life, it was that vision of the future me Mm -hmm. that kind of guided me. And and I really feel like I kind of developed a a relationship with her that to this day, I rely on to inform the choices that I make now. So I think that's really important. Many women just don't really know where they want to go and more importantly, who they want to be along this journey. So I think that's a really important strategy is to, you know, take the time to really figure out who it is that you want to be at 50, 60, 70 and beyond. You know, and then allow that woman to guide you. So think about, you know, what are the choices she would make? How does she think? How does she, you know, think about aging? Um how does she care for herself? You know, what are her priorities? Those are really important Guiding questions that, when we get clear on that, can make the actions we take in the present so much more effective. Yeah, I think it's it's about and listening to you
0: being intentional, and I see it a lot of times. As this is a, a metaphor that I actually heard today, is, I mean, life is like an ocean. And there's going to be waves and there's going to be rain and there's going to be, you know, sharks. And I think that learning to surf, but it's not just learning to surf, like staying in place. You still kind of know where you want to go, but -hmm. you kind of have to learn to go with the flow, but continue to move in the direction. And I, I can only agree because I think also a lot of the women that I work with are looking for purpose. You know, the kids have left, they've maybe gone through a divorce, they've maybe gained some weight. And I think that having purpose and thinking about that future self is, I think it's a beautiful, it's it's what's also worked for me. You know, I think it's a yeah beautiful way of, of thinking about it.
1: It's, okay. it's important. And I mm. think, you know, along those lines, it's important to also recognize that I believe the reason so many women in midlife feel stuck is that they're operating the way they always have. They're doing things the way they always have. And they haven't really adjusted their life and and particularly their wellness routines to accommodate the new stage of life that they're in. You know, it's it's like some women are always fighting to get back to their 40-year-old body or their 30-year-old body it goes back to what we were talking about as far as you know french women loving the body that they're in and and you know appreciating where they are at every stage when we say okay i am right now in a 55-year-old body and i'm going to do everything i can to take care of this body and i understand that i'm going to have to do things differently now my priorities will need to change, you know, and maybe I'm going to need to focus on sleep in a way that I never had to when I was 30 years old or, or 40 years old, you know? So I think I think it's great to have a sense of where we're headed and to be clear about what we want and who we want to be in the future. And to also have an appreciation of where we are now and to understand that, you know, as we go along this journey, it's like, you know, analogy about surfing, we can have that sense of where we're going, but we also have to work with where we are now. And we have to make some changes to the way we take care of ourselves so that we can best support where we are now. And what do you, what do you think the top thing
0: is that women struggle with today? In terms of
1: wellness? Yeah, and yeah general health and wellness. The two things I'm questioned about the most are sleep. I think sleep mm. is a huge issue for so many women in midlife. And, and there's good reason for that. You know, there are horm- hormonal issues and a lot of things that are happening, you know, on a physical level that are that are really messing with our circadian rhythm and, and making it very difficult to sleep. And then there are certain things that certain lifestyle practices that women may not realize are disruptive to their sleep. So sleep is is a huge one. And then women don't know how to eat you know and and they'll they'll be very honest and they'll say well you know i've tried paleo and i've tried limiting calories and i you know i think a lot of women you know are really struggling to figure out what works for their body and they're operating from this very outdated model of counting calories and when they gain a few pounds they're restricting calories or they're you know jacking up their their the intensity of their workouts sometimes they're inadvertently creating more of a hormonal, you know, mess in their bodies because cortisol might be spiking from super intense workouts and, and, you know, maybe their calories are so restricted that their metabolism isn't functioning effectively. So, you know, I think part of it is is letting go of some of those old ways of looking at health and wellness. One of the things that I really celebrate that's happened, I think, in the last, you know, 10 or 20 years is the fact that our definition of wellness has expanded so much. You know, it used to be, if you talked about wellness, you were talking about food and exercise. And now I think we're so much smarter as we enter the second half of our life, because we now have more of an understanding that wellness encompasses relationships. It encompasses finances. It encompasses style and beauty. None of those things are frivolous and none of those things can be sort of compartmentalized because when we talk about overall wellness, you know, we're talking about the whole woman and all of these different aspects of our life really impact our wellness. Midlife is the perfect example of this because the minute that we are engaging in relationships or behaviors or working crazy hours, the minute that we really get caught up in that, we feel it in our bodies in a big way, more obviously than we did when we were 20 or 30, right? Our midlife body tells us loud and clear when our lifestyle choices are not supportive of it. That's a wonderful way to think about wellness and to realize that All aspects of our life impact our health and how we feel. So, if we really want to take a comprehensive approach to wellness, we've got to look at all these different pieces. We can no longer just say, you know, it's food and exercise. What has worked
0: for you that maybe works now that didn't work in the past? So, like, what have you Mm -hmm. had to change or adapt personally in your life as you have also gotten older?
1: I would say the biggest changes I have made, I guess three, one is I have almost entirely cut out alcohol at this point because it is so disruptive to my sleep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I travel, if I'm out and I'm having a beautiful dinner or, you know, there are plenty of times that I make the choice to have a nice glass of wine, but I make that choice very consciously. And very deliberately, and I know that there might be a consequence and I may not have the best night's sleep, you know, that night. I'm very judicious about my alcohol consumption because for me, it really did impact my sleep and took me a while to get control over my sleep and and to really improve my sleep. So it's not something that I take lightly. In fact, I'm pretty, (laughs) pretty, uh, I can be pretty obsessive about my sleep. It's important to me because I know how much better I feel the next day. So that's one change that worked for me. And I know many women at this age you know, have a similar experience when they drink alcohol. So that's certainly something that's helped. And an anti-inflammatory diet. Again, I'm not obsessive. Uh, there are no foods that I cut out entirely, but I do really try to manage inflammation as best I can and cutting out a lot of refined sugars, Limited, I should say limiting, not cutting out, but limiting a lot of refined sugars. I hardly ever eat processed food. I'll cook most nights of the week. I really am not eating foods out of packages and things, but that, you know, avoiding some of those hydrogenated oils and things that are very inflammatory, that's helped a lot. So I would say, you know, the inf- managing inflammation and and alcohol for me have been very effective.
0: Great now i'm always curious because like you said it changes <laughs> mm-hmm. and and it's funny that you that you bring up the alcohol because in france we drink quite a bit not excessively but we do have wine not every single day but probably four or five times a week and that is one thing that i have questioned about should i commit? <laughs> and is it affecting my sleep but yeah more and more women are cutting it out so it was interesting to hear that that's it worked for you and that that's serving mm. you mm. yeah because i think what's interesting about the alcohol consumption in france is that people drink it but it's never overdone you know mm-hmm. it's not obsessive the quantities I find are extremely reasonable. It might just be one glass of wine, et cetera. But yeah, I've noticed too, as as I've gotten older, how it affects my sleep. So just- And
1: you know, it's it goes back to that concept of bio-individuality, right? Like, you know, there are women I know who it really doesn't impact their sleep or or, you know, it doesn't really bother them in any way. I think we love to- think about things in these very black and white terms of, you know, rules or this works and that doesn't. I think when it comes to our wellness and especially at this stage where we're all at different points in this menopausal journey and our bodies are all metabolizing things very differently, it's important to just take almost like a trial and error approach with our wellness and you know, just try things and see what feels good and what doesn't, you know, more and more, I I kind of feel like I live my life as a game of hot and cold. Do you remember that game when you were little (laughs) where, you know, you would, someone would hide something and then, you know, you would, you would have to find it. And if you were getting close to it, they would say, you're hot, you're hot, you're burning up. And then if you were moving away from it, they'd say, oh, you're cold. You're in Alaska. You know, I, I think more and more, I, I just find myself guided by what feels good. What feels good to me emotionally, what feels good to me physically. And I just try to lean in on those things that really make me feel good and just back away from those things that don't. Which is funny that, that, that this is coming up because you know I think, again, that's one of the things that I so love about my visits to France is that it seems to me like like the French people gravitate toward things that feel good. It's the reason why you see a flower yeah. market on every street, you know? And, and and I think that the more I have lived that way, the more peaceful I've been, the more, you know, productive I've been. I really feel like that that we, we had all that wisdom when we were kids and we played that game. It's like the key to life, the hot and cold game.
0: No. No. <laughs> great way to think about it. So last two questions. The first one is, I know, since you love also coming to to France, I love asking for recommendations because there's so, first of all, there are people that are listening who of course love France, but there's so much to discover here. So do you have a restaurant, a city, I don't know, a museum, anything that you would recommend that the listeners go visit?
1: Well, I know I've shared with you my love of two restaurants that, were, that I discovered. One of them I discovered on my most recent trip to France, and that was uh, Café Lignac, which was wonderful. I had heard about it, I guess, during the pandemic. I, I believe that the story I heard was that the chef during the pandemic started posting YouTube videos. Uh, the chef is Cyril Lignac, and I believe he started a YouTube channel and he was doing cooking classes over YouTube and they really gained a lot of momentum. And I guess that's how I heard about the restaurant and then visited and had a beautiful dinner there. So that that is a, a, a new favorite spot. And then Le Souffle, which is a wonderful little, you know, very elegant lunch spot Souffles that are savory and sweet, and and they're just you know works of art. When they bring them to the table, they're like almost too beautiful to to dig into. They're gorgeous. So those are those are two favorite restaurants. I did love on a recent trip visiting Monet's garden in Giverny. That was beautiful, and it happened to be in April, so the tulips were in bloom, and that was just lovely. Uh, and I and I think I heard that there that you can visit the garden virtually that if you go to the website, you can have a 3D like virtual tour. So I, I, I don't know if they're still doing that. I know that they were for a while. So if you can't manage a trip to France, that's certainly <laughs> a nice little way to, to bring some of it to you. But I would say those are, those are a few of my faves.
0: Okay. And I will link those in the show notes. Because Cyril, Cyril Lignac, I think he has several restaurants. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've tried any of his restaurants, but he also has some very, very famous pastries and patisseries. And I think he has two pastry shops and he has one pastry that's very, very famous that only he does. So I would also suggest next time that you come, oh. check it. If you like desserts, check it oh, out. Oh, I do. <laughs> um, so I will
1: make it a point too.
0: Yeah, I will link all of those and I haven't tried the souffle either, but I will link all of those in the show notes. And so tell us, how can
1: we find you and how can listeners connect? Yeah. So, so my website is welligantwoman.com and on the website, I have you know a bunch of free resources and things. And then I also have my podcast, Welligant Woman Redefining Midlife. Uh, which is on Apple and Spotify and all the platforms, and then of course Instagram is is uh, Instagram and Facebook are my preferred social media platforms. So uh, so yeah, I, I love to connect with people. I would be happy for your listeners to reach out and shoot me a note and let me know how they how they found me. Would love to connect. Yeah. You know, I, this has been wonderful. I think it's just so so
0: important you know your message and i think helping women in general taking their power back when it comes to aging and aging powerfully as you say and not gracefully i think you're you are spot on and we just absolutely need your message mm-hmm. so thank you so much this has been a wonderful conversation
1: thank you nice chatting with you
0: if you're loving this podcast Be sure to follow so that you don't miss any episodes. Au revoir et à bientôt.